Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guests. Dr. Harrington is a vegan doctor with over 20 years of experience in family and lifestyle medicine. He is the founder of veganprimarycare.com, where you can see a vegan doctor online as your primary care doctor. Please click like to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Scott Harrington. Greetings and welcome, Green Warriors. I am so happy that you are here with us today. I am going to be letting Dr. Harrington into the studio very soon, so please hang on. He's coming in. I think we had a little technical. Oh, and here he is. Greetings, Dr. Harrington. Hi. <laughs> so nice to see you. It's really nice to see you, and it's really nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, I'm excited that you're here, and I wanted to just welcome you. Welcome back, the Green Warriors. And Green Warriors, have you ever wondered how to build and maintain strong bones throughout your life? Well, today, Dr. Harrington is going to cover crucial aspects of osteoporosis, like well, he'll be talking about nutrition, calcium intake and exercise and a whole lot more. And Dr. Harrington will also be answering your questions. So please type them in the chat and we'll bring them up a little bit later in the broadcast. So now Green Warriors, get ready for a conversation filled with expert insights and actionable steps. As we delve into osteoporosis, unlock the secrets. To stronger bones. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about uh, plenty of question and answer afterwards. Uh, you know, I have a presentation uh, set up, so you just let me know uh, yeah. when, so when we're we go going to bring up that presentation and we'll go to the present mode and share your screen. Okay. If you go down to the bottom of your screen, it'll say present. Okay, present. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then you can, if you do, you already have your presentation pulled up on your computer. Uh huh. Okay, so the tab that it's on, that's the one you're going to be sharing. And while while we're working through that, I wanted to ask the Green Warriors if they have anything that they wanted to. Um, talk about such as if well i would like to know green warriors while we're getting the presentation ready have you adopted a plant-based diet tell us in the comments because i want to see who's watching now if you've already adopted the lifestyle or if you've come in a little bit curious so type that in the comments and we're, i'm going to continue to work with dr harrington so i'm going to be seeing your your uh presentation very soon dr harrington i can see it now and I will be pulling it up, but it seems like there's your, ah, that's better. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I wanted to get okay. the full screen, but are yes. you seeing now, a full screen one slide? Yes, that was, that's what I needed to see. Okay. So now I'm going to add it to, to our uh, screen here so everybody can see it. All I right. love that. I love that. Wouldn't we all just love to see all the doctors that we know have a sign like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
The doctor is vegan. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, yeah. So uh, I can't. I can't see uh, right now just because the way my screen is set up. I can't see. Uh, I can't see you, Amy, but I can hear you. I can hear. Okay. You. And um, I don't know if you can see me. If I can. I can my... see you, and we can all see you on the screen, and we and we in a smaller version, and then we can see in the bigger version. We can see your presentation. So you've got it. Okay. All right. So if you, if you need to uh, uh, say something to stop me, if you have to stop me, so, cause I can't see uh, just the way my screen is yeah, set up. No so. worries. Well, I guess we could go ahead and start. Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be talking about osteoporosis today, just like you said, Amy. And uh, um, just in case uh, for uh, your viewers who don't know about me, I'm I, uh, I'm, I'm a, a vegan doctor and I have my own practice online and people who live in Florida and the Tampa area can see me in person, but this is just who I am. And I'm a family doctor and a lifestyle medicine doctor. And I can see people with telemedicine as their primary care doctor. And I have, uh, 16 States that I'm currently in. So if you're in one of those States and you need a doctor, um, so yeah, once again, I'm in the Tampa area and I accept insurance at Nesigna, TRICARE, Medicare. And um, one of the things I've been promoting lately is that I'm having a six-week health transformation, a, a six-week weight loss program that's a one-on-one -on -one fitness coaching chef. We have a chef, a stress management person, glucose monitoring, and we're running it for six weeks, January 29th through the 8th. This is going to be with some people that you already know, like Angela Fischetti and Vicki Brettcock, some of the expert folks who are going to be there. Yeah, Angela from Boomer and Beyond Wellness. She's been a guest on the show, oh, over 15 times. She's done so many exercise classes with us. And I'm so excited that you're partnering. I couldn't think of anybody better for you to partner with. And Vicki will be on the show in the future. So yeah, what a home run. You've got a great team there. I know. I just, I feel so lucky. I feel so lucky. And, you know, you can't do everything by yourself and everyone has their uh, various expertise. And Angela and Vicky are both very uh, motivational and uh, they, they can uh, really help transform your health. And so I'm so glad that they're on the teams. Yeah. So, um, well, so let's get right into osteoporosis. I'm a little worried. I'm a little slide heavy. So, uh, forgive me. Uh, tell me to stop if I if I rush too much uh, on this. Oh, but don't don't worry. Our audience is our Green Warriors. We love to learn, and we don't we're not afraid of slides. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this this slide's just about that. You know, it's inevitable. There is some bone loss that happens over time. We kind of peak in our thirties there. So, uh, and especially women after menopause, they have uh, some bone loss that happens initially. Um, and, and so, but the idea of the inevitability of this, uh, helps people because when they get a bad score, when they get older, they get a DEXA scan, it shows they have a bad score. Uh, you know, ask your doctor to compare yourself to people your age and they can give you sort of a better it can make you feel less bad about like having a bad result, you know? Uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go through, but what's going on in the bone? Well, so the bone bones is a living tissue. It's a living tissue. And there's this uh, balancing act between the osteoclasts, the uh, things that cut the bone, the cells that cut the bone 
and the osteoblasts, the, the things that cells that build up the bone. Uh, and here's an actual picture, a histology slide uh, of, of bone and the osteoclasts are the big, sort of big purple round balls. And you see them almost tunneling through bone. And then the osteoblasts are coming behind them to remodel the area. So it's, it's kind of like your bones are in this constant uh, remodeling uh, situation going on. So you've got the compact bone and the spongy bone. So the compact bone is kind of the hard outer bone. The spongy bone is the inside. And here's what it, uh, here's some bones that are, um, are kind of dry bones, I guess you could say. Uh, but osteoporosis is from when you have low bone mass, when you just have less bony material there, the microarchitecture gets changed. And so this is a, a schematic of it. Um, but what do you see when you're dealing with, uh, when you're getting x-rays and things, people will actually have vertebral fractures that can happen over time without even them knowing. And, and uh, so they call uh, this a curvature, they call this a kyphosis. Um, and with fractures will be blamed on osteoporosis if they are uh, fractures that occur with very minimal trauma. You know, it's not like you got in a car wreck. It was like you were walking down the street and you, you know, uh, walked into a, you know, a little depression or something and you, and you uh, had a fracture where you, you know, fell and you fractured your wrist. Uh, uh, sometimes these are considered osteoporosis fractures. Uh, and spinal fractures are the most common, but the most deadly are the hip fractures. So the hip fractures are what we're really looking for to prevent because they have a high mortality rate. So, uh, for women, 20%, and for men, up to 37%. Uh, and so here, this is just with this x-ray, just kind of showing you this one vertebrae kind of looking like a triangle shape instead of a, a, a rectangle. So how do you get the diagnosis of osteoporosis? Well, you've heard about DEXA scan, and DEXA scan is, is, is an x-ray where it measures the bone density, and they do it at three places, the lumbar spine, the femur, uh, the, the femoral neck, and the total hip, the total hip where they take the socket and the part of the femur as well. Uh, and so once again, bone loss is normal. So you can see on this, this like red, yellow, green that uh, over time you're going to have decreased bone mineral density. And so uh, just so you know, uh, with, with these, uh, with the, the DEXA scan, uh, one of the things that you worry about getting procedures and things like this is extra radiation. But uh, just so that you know, the DEXA scan is much less radiation than an X-ray, regular chest X-ray. Uh, so I think it's about 10 times less than a regular chest X-ray. So I guess that's that's pretty good. Like that's one good thing going for it. But does it actually pre uh, predict fracture rates? And what's interesting, and one of the things I want people to take away from this talk is that uh, when doctors are looking for bone mineral density, uh, that's only one factor in whether you would get a fracture. Uh, their main risk for a fracture is actually falling. And so I know that kind of seems kind of um, basic or kind of too simplified, but anything that's going to increase your risk of falling is going to, at a higher rate, increase your risk for fracture. So 
DEXA looks at whether your bones are thin, but it, it can't tell you whether you're going to fall or not. And so they've developed this questionnaire basically where the doctor will ask the patient if they have impaired balance. And that actually, that one question predicts a, uh, a fall and a, and a later fracture at a higher rate than the DEXA scan uh, as per the, the mineral density. So I have a few more things about the mineral density though. Um, everyone's maybe heard of a bell curve. So when you're trying to define what's normal and what's not normal, they have bell curves and standard deviations from the normal. So the farther you get away from zero, you get uh, farther away from this, farther away from the normal. And T-scores are based on 30-year-old female, uh, or, or uh, if, if you're a male, they would have 30-year-old, and it would be, um, that's that 30-year-old would be considered zero. And the farther you get away from that uh, is your score for T-score. So... Minus one, one standard deviation is considered osteopenia or thin bones, and then less than 2.5 standard deviations uh, is considered osteoporosis. <coughs> so um, if you, you can ask your doctor about the Z-score, and the Z-score is different than a T-score because it compares you against people your own age. So uh, that can sort of give you a little bit less, uh, you, can, you can kind of see what seems more normal. Uh, and the farther you're away from your Z-score that it, it uh, compete, compares you to your peers, so to speak. This was the thing about the uh, uh, radiation compared to a chest X-ray. So 0.1 millisieverts versus, uh, for a chest X-ray versus uh, 0.001. So uh, millisieverts is how they rate cosmic radiation. So just the radiation that we get from living on planet Earth. And uh, we get about two to three millisieverts a year. So just how to compare that. So uh, with the, the DEXA is less than one day's worth of radiation of living on the Earth. It's just just kind of way nice way to compare those things. Okay. So once again, this highlights the uh, fracture risk versus bone density. And you see kind of uh, people with no risk factors, they don't smoke, they don't drink alcohol. Um, they're, you know, the blue, the big blue uh, level. And you can see it goes up with age. Um, and that people that have a T-score of 1.5 is the yellow, 2.5 is the orange, and then a prior fracture is the black line. So takeaway point here is that the biggest risk for uh, another fracture is a prior fracture. Other risks, you can see these lines going up with age. And uh, this is a risk for osteoporosis and weight. So bones are responsive to weight. The more weight you put on your bones, the more uh, bone building that occurs and maintenance of your bone mineral density. And so one sort of sad factor about being a uh, vegan or plant-based, if you are low body weight, it does kind of put you at risk uh, for having low bone mineral density. And it's kind of like you can't have both things a lot of times, you know, uh, but we'll talk more about that.
Now, I don't know if you've seen Dr. Clapper or heard of Dr. Clapper. He's a great vegan doctor. He's a, he's a real trendsetter uh, for many years. And he talks about things that rob your bones, calcium thieves, uh, the high salt or sugar diet, high in processed foods. Um, uh, the salt causes problems with kidneys, like wasting calcium and that kind of thing. So the kidneys have to deal with salt. Sodas having high phosphorus, same thing with the kidneys. It's problematic. Caffeine is a diuretic. So really high doses, um, can make it problematic for you with uh, renal losses of calcium. Stress causes cortisol hormone, a stress hormone that can, can wreck with your bone health. Uh, we'll talk about medicines, acid blockers, things that uh, uh, like Prilosec and Nexium and all those things that people take for heartburn can make it harder for you to absorb calcium. And another thing is the idea of acid-forming foods versus alkaline-forming foods. And, you know, a long time ago, I didn't think this was kind of a thing. I was like, oh, that's kind of hogwash. But what basically what happens is the higher animal protein score and the less potassium and other electrolytes are in the, the food, um, it can affect the PRAL score. PRAL score is on a U.S. Uh, database of food, and it calculates it for you. Uh, but basically foods that are high in animal products have a high, uh, they're acid forming and uh, things that are, have, uh, that are high in alkaline, uh, prowl, high in prowl score are things like greens and green vegetables, really alkaline. So uh, other meds that cause osteoporosis risk are Parkinson's meds, antipsychotics, benzodiazepines, and steroids. Steroids is a, uh, so what are, what about your risks for osteoporosis and how do you know if medication would be helpful for you? Many of my patients do not want to take medications at all. They want to be totally medicine free. And I applaud that. And as a lifestyle medicine doctor, uh, we're looking for, uh, ways to avoid taking medicines. Um, of course we have them as tools if we need, but, um, there's risks and benefits, There's, but there can be risks and side effects with medications. So um, this is a decision aid. How do you know if you go to the doctor, if they tell you about um, bisphosphonates like Phosphomax, things to increase your bone or, or to decrease bone mineral losses? How do you know uh, what's the numbers? What's the calculus? How am I going to have side effects? Am I going to have a fracture? And so th these decision aids are nice because they can give you a, 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 a visual about uh, to help you make a decision. So you can go to uh, the Mayo Clinic's Bone Health Decision Aid and you can put in your, uh, you know, your age and, you know, gender and different risks, like whether you've, whether you're a smoker, whether you've had a previous fracture. And you can put all this in and you can do this. It's totally free. Uh, and it'll tell you. So in this, in this scenario, I have, um, 65 year old female Caucasian was BMI 19 uh, with no other risk fracture factors. And that they say that an osteoporotic fracture, not a hip fracture that, that uh, in the next 10 years with a hundred people, 10 would break a bone. And so then they could say, well, what if those people all 
those hundred people all took Fosamax for 10 years. And in that case, four people would avoid breaking a bone. And you say to yourself, well, gosh, you know, four, I mean, four out of 10, and maybe I'd be in that 90% that wouldn't break their bone at all anyway. And do I really want to take this medicine for 10 years? And do I really want to have the side effects, which could be really bad heartburn related to the Fosamax, that kind of thing. So this was regular osteoporosis fracture, like vertebral fracture, wrist fracture, but this is hip fracture hip fracture being more serious. And in this case, uh, the bisphosphonates did not seem to help uh, the risk at all. So, okay, here, here's one with a little bit higher risk factor. This gives people with a previous fracture and smoking, you can see you know, that the risk goes up using this decision aid. So, all right, this is a big deal. Vegans actually seem to have a higher risk for hip fractures. And um, this is kind of sad. So um, they've done studies where they compared vegans versus omnivores. And uh, they, they made sure that the groups were similar in most other ways. Um, and they found that especially the group that was in BMI less than 22, uh, 0.5 had uh, 1.6 times the risk uh, that, that uh, similar omnivores had. And so that is important that we pay attention to this. And even if we have low body mass, we have to do whatever we can to avoid a fracture. So we're going to talk more about that. So what's the deal? Well, they think, you know, people that have higher body mass have more fat. So maybe there's more cushioning for the fall. Um, higher fat, body fat percent usually relates to higher estrogen. And estrogen is actually a protective factor for uh, fractures. Uh, but the problem is, is that higher estrogen states in menopause puts you at risk for breast cancer and, and this kind of thing. So that is not great. Uh, but the main risk, or the main benefit that omnivores have who are higher weight is that they put more stress on their bones just walking around, just walking across the room. If you're 50 pounds heavier, it's like wearing 50 pounds of weight, uh, putting it on your bones. And uh, so that increases the bone mineral density. Okay, so we're getting into the prevent and treat osteoporosis portion. Uh, and I'm just going to lay it straight on the line. The thing that helps to prevent and treat osteoporosis is uh, the mixture of balance, agility, and functional training and weightlifting. So putting weight on your bones. But basically, the balance, agility, and functional training is all about uh, preventing falls. And then in terms of diet, you want a diet that's low and infl low inflammatory diet and a diet that includes greens, greens, because that's the highest for calcium. Okay. I know someone who's reversed her osteoporosis with exercise and diet, and that's Angela Fischetti. She improved her bone density from that of a 90-year-old female to someone who is appropriate for her age, uh, just some osteopenia in three years. And she's great. She's got a website and a channel, and she helps people 
to uh, with tips and exercise to help strengthen their bones and reverse osteoporosis to help with balance. And so um, we need Angela on our side, you know, and we want to listen to Angela because she is really leading by example in this in this category for sure. So uh, preventing falls is where it's at. Even high, even a better than improving bone mineral density is this preventing the falls and. I'm going to show you a, a graph here, but basically exercise is the most helpful that also included balance, functional training and resistance, 34% reduction in, in falls and uh, fractures. So we've got four lines here in this little graph, four lines here. The bottom is the control group. Uh, the blue is a resistance training. So you'll see that the resistance training to try to increase bone mineral density only improved it just a little bit. And the balance training by itself, just a little bit more, but see where it's one plus one equals three. There's synergy. There's synergy in the balance training plus the resistance training. And that's at the top. And this is a survival graph over five years. And, uh, and so, I mean, there was more survival in the, in the groups who had the, the balance training. So what the heck is this balance training? Um, well, there, there's programs for this specifically, but um, I've seen things where, you know, people are literally uh, walking toe to toe, toe to toe, and then you can do things that, that take away your proprioception, like have someone there help you, but you're walking toe to toe with your, with your eyes closed and stuff like this. Um, uh, wobble boards, um, you know, standing on one leg, things that in, in, increase the difficulty, uh, the agility and jumping exercises. I've seen this where you're, you know, jumping over uh, a, a small obstacle or stepping over a, a large obstacle and the resistance training the thing that studied to do this the best was trying to work up to 80% of your one rep max, uh, one rep max. So basically it's, it's heavier weights. It's not just lightweights. Now we'll talk more about this because I'm not saying jump straight into this, uh, heavy, heavy weights. I'm saying you would want to take it slow and you work up to this. There's programs called Silver Sneakers that actually take into the balance training and falls prevention uh, specifically. Uh, so uh, Silver Sneakers is a, is a good thing. You can look to find what your local Silver Sneakers program is. Other things that are important, once again, in preventing falls is the idea of making sure you've got good vision with glasses and it's corrected and you've got good lighting. Uh, making sure that you keep things within reach in your house, non-slip mats, especially in the shower bathtub, um, keeping your floors clutter-free from throw rugs and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, they also talk about like having your dog like pulling you down and stuff. Uh, and that's actually, a, I've seen lots of injuries relate that where, where like the dog will pull and hurt your shoulder or make you fall or that kind of thing. Okay, we're gonna talk. I gotta, I gotta go over this bone mineral density stuff because this is interesting. Um, in these studies, they work people up to their eighty percent of their uh, one rep max, and so um, there was this thing called the Liftmore trial, 
which was one of the most successful trials where they actually had people lifting heavy. Um, and uh, what it was, was they had a two month supervised train up. They had people doing these heavy lifts, but they started off very light, lightly. And they had a, a trainer right there with them, having them do the right form and slowly uh, progress them into the different uh, exercises. So it was deadlift, which is kind of helps the back and, and the legs and butt, overhead press, uh, and then squats. And they did the impact um, on uh, uh, loading was through these jumping chin-ups. So I'll show you pictures. So those are the, the, the motions that we we're talking about before. Uh, five sets of five reps. And this is the impact loading where you, you, you do a chin up and then you kind of land kind of flat, like flat footed kind of. Um, so what was the outcome of this lift more trial? Well, it actually shows that improvement versus the control group. So the control group is all down. They decreased bone mass. Uh, and what they're really hoping for, unfortunately, with this trial was also hip the femoral neck, but you see there that the femoral neck didn't gain much, but uh, at least it was positive. Okay, that highlights the bone mineral density studies, but now we're going to move into calcium and vitamin D. Calcium, I mean, how many people have heard that you got to take calcium for osteoporosis? That's just, I mean, everyone can agree that that seems reasonable, right? Uh, and in the past, that's what they, we used to tell people. We used to give people high doses of calcium, very high doses. Um, and so, well, what's the right answer? Uh, well, if you look at all these different countries, there's a poor consensus on what, what's the right number uh, milligrams of calcium to take. Uh, and in the U.S., the RDA for folks, uh, adults is 1,000 milligrams uh, of, of calcium. That's what they want you to get. But that's very hard to get. Honestly, it's hard, hard to get a thousand if you're calculating it. And when you take calcium supplements, turns out, uh, oh, sorry, this one's about milk. This one's about milk. Should we use milk to try to get our calcium? Well, when studied, milk actually increased the rate of death, all cause mortality. Uh, so I, I had this lady here smelling some stinky milk uh, because uh, so just to read the um, the actual death rate uh, in women, the mortality ratio, if they drank three or more glasses compared to someone who drank one glass of milk per day was uh, 1.9. So 1.93. So 93% increase risk of death. Uh, so that was pretty intense. Uh, and then for every glass of milk, the all-cause mortality ratio was 1.15, so like 15% more. That was in women. So crazy. Don't get your calcium from, from cow's milk. Cow's milk. Maybe get it from uh, almond milk, oat milk, or something like that. Soy milk. Um, oh, did I go backwards? Am I going backwards? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Calcium supplements caused more heart attacks and more strokes. Uh, so there's two lines here. We've got a purple line and a red line. Purple line uh, was the calcium group and the red line's placebo group. Um, first time, okay, so this is the, talking about heart attack. That's what this, this uh, is. 
And so they had uh, higher rates of heart attack in uh, the calcium group. So this is not good. And they had higher rates of stroke. So for heart attack, 21 in this group versus 10 on the placebo. And for stroke, 31 versus 22 on the placebo. So that's creepy. Uh, and a lot of times uh, the, the dose for the treatment here was one gram of calcium, one gram or thousand milligrams. So USRDA is one, one gram or thousand milligrams total from your diet. But this study was adding an additional one gram of, or a thousand milligrams of calcium to the diet. So gosh, what's the right answer? So what's right? We don't want to take supplemental calcium and cause ourselves additional risk for heart attack and stroke. We want to get our calcium from our diet. Uh, and so what's the right number? Well, in calcium balance studies, it seems like the body is smart. If you're not getting very much calcium, you'll have more absorption. If you're, eat, you're eating a lot of calcium, you'll get less absorption. And so the, the body's smart and it kind of works out to about the sort of middle point there is 741 milligrams of calcium. So if you're tracking, that's about how much calcium we'll want to try to get per day if you're tracking your calcium. And that is a doable number, especially if you're eating greens. Okay, so we talked about calcium. Now we're going to talk about vitamin D. So uh, the U.S. Preventative Task Force, this is a great uh, resource to kind of tell you whether there's risks or benefits with the preventative uh, uh, prevention uh, uh, tool. And they recommend against vitamin D, vitamin D, wrapper against, against 400 milligrams or less of vitamin D and 1,000 milligrams of calcium or less for primary prevention of fractures. So calcium plus vitamin D didn't prevent fractures in postmenopausal women. So once again, it should be stuff that you get from your diet. So, um, however, uh, I you would you'd want to test. You don't want to be deficient in vitamin D. You want to uh, you want to get tested and make sure that you're over thirty. And we'll talk more about that in a second. So how are you going to get your calcium from plants? Uh, and I really like this book, Nourish, uh, by uh, dietitian Brenda Davis. She's amazing. And um, so she, she you know, gives various things like even blackstrap molasses actually has a lot of uh, calcium. Broccoli, 199 milligrams per uh, one cup. So um, beans, beans and greens are big. So uh, she recommends to eat low oxalate greens twice per day. So what's up low oxalate? What's that all about? So spinach, beet greens, and Swiss chard, uh, they uh, have high in oxalates, and the oxalates make it difficult for the absorption. They hold on to the uh, – it's just bound up, and it's hard for your body to absorb the calcium from those greens. So um, I would just kind of – Eat these only maybe once a week. Maybe eat spinach, beet greens, or Swiss chard once a week. They're still healthy for you. But uh, for your green routine, you want to include other things like uh, arugula, uh, romaine, 
you know, uh, the lettuce mix. You want to do like Napa cabbage and all sorts of greens, collards, um, watercress. There's so many more kale. So, um, okay. Here is the last one is vitamin D. Uh, vitamin D, you can have mortality problems. It can, it can improve mortality if you're not deficient, basically. Uh, so you can get your vitamin D from the sun, uh, or if you're living in an area that's not getting a lot of sun right now, you can take vitamin D. I recommend 2000 uh, international units of vitamin D, uh, but test to make sure that you're over 30. So this is kind of the end of my slide deck so that we can have time to discuss and we can have, you know, question and answers. So the takeaway point is, you want to have uh, exercise, high intensity. You want to include the balance, uh, functional testing, uh, staying active, use it or lose it, right? Uh, track your calcium. If you're interested, if you're worried that you're not getting enough, sometimes with a vegan diet, we're worried somewhere we might be deficient in something. That's what the world tells us. But don't believe the hype. Just track it yourself and see see where you're, where you're at. Um and then you can always talk to a plant-based doctor uh, if you're interested in finding out more. You can see me. I have insurance. I accept insurance at Nasigna TRICARE Medicare, and I am in 16 states. Or if you are in the Tampa area, you can also see me. Check out our six-week health transformation weight loss program. You can go to Vegan Primary Care Weight Loss and check it out. Get a doctor who gets you. Okay, that is it. Oh, that was awesome. I love that. Get a doctor who gets you. Boy, that most people would say, and then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but it's not a dream. It's right here, guys. This is oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah Angela Fischetti, Boomer Beyond Wellness, said fantastic presentation with lots of actionable tips and what i love the best about this doctor is his emphasis on hope there's always hope that's right all right angela. and you're giving us hope angela for osteoporosis so i know i yeah. know angela you're inspirational i really appreciate the, the props there on that one yeah she's fantastic uh earlier i didn't want to interrupt your uh presentation but stephanie since had asked earlier is this both for men and women so I guess she was talking about osteoporosis. Maybe you want to expound upon that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like the the um, th that might be especially related to the calcium recommendation, the 740. Yep, that's uh, both both for men and women. Uh, so that's less than the recommended RDA, but you'll notice that in other countries, 700 is a number that is thrown out uh, in other countries, um, and in the calcium balance studies, it's 740. So uh, for both men and women, yeah. So um, yeah, but I, I do recommend this app called the Chronometer, which is a phenomenal free app. And you can put in the food that you eat uh, and guesstimate the sizes and portions of the food you eat. And it'll tell you, you know, you ate 600 milligrams of calcium and it, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, that is a good tool. Stephanie's still with us. And so she clarified, she wanted to know, she's clarifying that it's osteoporosis in general that she wanted to know. Yes. Yes. So, so, I mean, uh, so for osteoporosis, 
Osteoporosis tends to be more prevalent in women, but men can get it as well. Uh, and, and so, yeah, men are not immune to bone loss, although it tends to kind of happen later um, in, in, in life. Uh, and, uh, and so, and for instance, hip fractures in men are more deadly, you know, so something like 30, I think the number was something like 37% die if they have a hip fracture versus like 20% or something. So yeah, can happen to men as well. Yeah. I like what you talked about as far as the exercise goes, because Oftentimes, I think it was uh, John Pierre, JP, he, he teaches exercise and, and a lot of the classes that he has is for seniors. And he talks about how most of the time we just walk forward. We rarely walk backwards and we rarely walk from side to side, right? So it's what you were talking about and how I'm sure that Angela will be helping out with that, Angela Fischetti, as far as the exercise goes. We really do need to do sideways kind of things where we're going, maybe hopping or stepping from side to side and, and getting our balance and even maybe, you know, carefully walking backwards because th that will definitely help. And that, that's a very good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know I, I'm not an exercise. Uh, I, I'm not a personal trainer, but, um, and, and, uh, these, but it's kind of a use it or lose it thing with, with the balance too. I mean, if you're not practicing and training your kind of proprioception, whether it's walking backwards and side to side, um, then you're just more likely to fall. Like you have less kind of practice in it. You're, you're stiffer, less flexible. Um, and, and so, I mean, one of the things that happens, we tend to get less active as we get older. And, but there's some sort of saying that's like, I'm going to mess it up. It's like, we didn't stop running because we got old. We got old because we stopped running kind of thing, you know. Yeah, that, it, it definitely makes sense. I know for me, I mean, I became plant-based back in 2012. And, you know, I, I was about 30 pounds overweight and I lost the weight. And so now I can do more than I could do back then as far as my strength and my stamina, my balance. And, and that's because I, I was actively every day I'm doing something, you know, to, you know, whether it's yoga or whether it's weight bearing, there's always something that I'm doing. And I'm, I'm just so amazed at myself sometimes because I say I'm most people are declining as they age and, and I'm able to get up from the floor without using my hands, you know, so, or knees. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty nice. And it's so I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's never too late. And if you, and if you don't think that you can do something, Angela Fischetti, Boomer Beyond Wellness, she's done over 15 classes on, on my YouTube and she's done other classes in other places. So she has her own YouTube channel and she even does classes where you're just doing something in a chair and you're doing some low weight bearing exercise. So there's, there's a starting point for everyone. So don't, don't think that you, you have to just go out and, you know, run a mile or, or, or jump around. You can start by sitting and then work your way up. Okay, we were talking about BMI earlier, and Stephanie wanted to know is BMI 22.81. Okay, she knows the exact one. Is that healthy number? Yes, 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 yes. So uh, this this is a healthy number. I mean, the the 
BMI 18.5 to 25 is considered normal, uh, but uh, BMI 20 to 22 is considered sort of optimal for decreasing risk for diabetes, decreasing risk for cancer, decreasing risk for high blood pressure. And so once you un get under BMI 22, uh, there's no additional, additional benefits. So like BMI 27 is not as good as BMI 26, is not as good as BMI 25, and so it goes down. Um, but once you, once you hit that sort of sweet spot, sorry, you, you do, the, the worry is that you start to get into frailty. You know, you start to get where you just don't have a lot of body reserves. So if you ever get sick and you can't eat and you're having a prolonged fast, um, it's harder to bounce back. Uh, so I, I do recommend 2022 uh, a BMI. So you're right there. I don't really recommend weight loss. Uh, so in the vegan study versus omnivores with people that had the highest uh, fracture rates where I thought, I think I mentioned BMI is under 22. Um, and so uh, I guess that's kind of where you can't have it all. Uh, the populations uh, with lower body mass also have lower bone mass just because it's, it's just, you know, your body's smaller. It's, um, but the short answer is yes, that is a super healthy BMI. And, uh, and so, but as you get older, sometimes it's actually harder to maintain, to maintain your weight because people talk about, um, our problems. It seems like when we're in our young adult is actually, you know, overeating and putting on too much weight it can it can believe it or not, it can start to shift where you just have less hunger and less, um, and you can start to put on, uh, you can start to continuously lose little by little. So. Yeah. I good. actually have a couple of clients that have asked me about that because, you know, they, they're actually, you know, their, their collarbones are showing and sometimes even top parts of, you know, the bones underneath the collarbones are showing and they're, they're, they're concerned and they're eating, lots of nuts and avocados and they're eating lots of desserts, which I don't know if that's really the strategy, but they, they, they you know, I, a lot of, a lot of women especially would say, wow, I wish I had that problem. Wish but I had that, yeah. They really, they feel maybe because compared to the average American or maybe because they're concerned about frailty, they feel like that they want to gain weight. So what would you say to those people, those women? Yeah. So especially if you're, um, remember it's 18.5 to 25 is, is normal, but if you're sort of under BMI 20 and you're sort of approaching this BMI 18 or you, you're worried that you're frail, um, and you want to actually put on weight. So this it sort of pains me to talk about this just because a more majority of people are always trying to lose. So the things I tell people to try to lose, you basically kind of reverse. Um, so uh, when people are trying to lose weight, I'll tell them about the traffic light diet and the yellow foods, like you were saying, Amy, like the nuts and nut butters, uh, you know, dried fruit, tofu, and avocados, or just their higher density, higher calorie density. Uh, so you kind of have a little bit of free reign in that if you're trying to gain the other thing is I tell people is to eat whole foods and have to chew through it and make it sort of a pain to eat, uh, you know, like big salads. It takes time to chew through it. But if you zuzz it down in a smoothie, you can slug down a lot of calories really fast. So 
people who are trying to gain weight can add a, a, a liquid meal replacement. Uh, it, I'm not saying protein powder. I'm just saying you can zuzz up a banana with some, you know, a spoonful of, you know, peanut, natural peanut butter, or you, you can have at all sorts of flavors, but um, yeah, so you can drink your calories. Um, the next thing, and this pains me as well, is to tell people add a meal right before bed, you know, cause that really hastens, it's like a hundred calories at night is way more fattening than a hundred calories in the morning. And so I'm not suggesting unhealthy foods at any time, uh, but you have to eat more frequently. Uh, you have to be prompted to eat. It's dinner time. It's lunch time. It's this time. It's you know, snack time. It's meal time. So that that's how you get people to gain weight. I had a football player as a roommate in, in college, and he woke himself up at two in the morning to drink a big shake. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, yeah, that's extreme. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was you know, but he was trying to get like two hundred, right. you know, some pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah well thank you for that because i think you know there are some people who have the osteoporosis that that may be something that they may be frail and that might be something that they're concerned about okay oh boomer beyond wellness what does dr harrington think of the one rep max for those with chronic conditions okay yeah so the one one rep max was how they defined uh, this this one test for basically heavy lifting, and um, you know normally when you think of going to the gym, you think of maybe oh we'll do three sets of ten, and it's like whatever weight that you can kind of manage for three sets of ten. But if you're trying to build build bone and build muscle, you want to do smaller reps, sets of smaller reps, so like five sets of five. And, and so you, the, the goal is to try to get the 80% of your one rep max. And there's ways to, there's ways to, um, there's ways to calculate that. I think where it's something, if you could do 12 reps, um, then you like, there, there's a way to calculate it. Um, I put it in here. It was it's 12 reps is like 70% of the weight. Where did it go? I'm looking for it. Um, okay. Participants perform two sets, uh, 50 to 70% of one. Is that, all right. Oh, that's talking about the warm up. But but there there's a ways to um, to figure out what your one rep max is by uh, doing like lighter weights, so you're not trying to just injure yourself with your like you're with your one rep max. So the concern is injury, and Another point to highlight about this is that in those studies of doing these heavy weights, they had they had trainers that helped the 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 participants with the form, and they slowly increased it, uh, and then uh, up to this higher weights. But you have to be doing getting those big muscle groups uh, activated, like the squats, uh, and that was one of the things that was key. Like your legs, you got to get your legs strong uh, to help with prevent the falls. Yeah, that's very true. And I, th I think that, uh, yeah, 
Boomer Beyond Wellness. I love bringing all types of squats that take us in different directions. Squats are compound movements, excellent for bone and muscle strength. That's right. So I recently spoke with Angela Fuschetti of Boomer and Beyond Wellness, and she talked about a weighted vest. Can you talk about that? Yes. So we're walking in general has not been associated with, um, with increased bone mineral density. Um, it's, it's great for things like weight loss and low impact and, and, um, getting you out of the house. I mean, it's got so many benefits walking for health benefits, but by adding a weighted vest, you are uh, increasing your, your body weight and putting more weight on your bones. And so it's more likely to help with your bone mineral density as, as well. And, and so it's, 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 it's a good thing to get used to wearing that uh, on your, um, on your walks to um, just it, to, to improve your weight. So it's a great tool. Yeah. I like how there are some of them that you can find that actually have adjustable weight. So this way you can start off with maybe, you know, one pound of weight. And then of course the, the vest itself has some weight and then over time build yourself up. So you're not, it's not like a weighted vest that you can barely move. Right. You know, yeah. Right. I've done that before. So, yeah. And then and it kind of makes sense where you were saying that people who are overweight tend not to be, have uh, worry about bone density because it's like they're walking around with a weighted vest, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jane said, I've recently started a new workout routine. How long does it typically take to see improvement? in bone density? Well, like the Lift More trial was an eight month trial, a two month workup and then to, uh, and then six months of, of the trial. So, um, and so it takes a long time. It takes a long time. So typically uh, bone mineral density tests are done at a, the shortest interval is two years, is two years. But you can think about the muscle mass that you, that you create uh, as a sort of surrogate marker for your bone bone density in a way, uh, because you, you can imagine that the strain and stress that the that the uh, muscles put on the bones because they're attached to the bones, uh, um, so you, you can kind of use that as a surrogate in a way. Uh, but two years is the typical. Uh, uh, screening interval for DEXA. You can get it done earlier if you'd like, uh, but the problem is then you have to kind of pay for it by yourself because insurance won't cover it more than every two years uh, for screening for osteoporosis. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And um, Angela had just chimed in. I love my weighted vest. Yes. Harvard Health states not to wear a weighted vest that is more than 10% of one's body weight. Thank you. That's awesome. very good. That's very good to know. Thank you. That is very good to know. Some people could be try to be real green warriors and Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. Yeah, we don't want we don't want that. We want everybody to be safe and and not not be worrying about uh, overdoing it because sometimes mm -hmm. we get excited about those things and then we want to do too much and that can that can lead to being uh, hurt as well. So Paula said, getting my first prolia injection next week, is it a good idea? Can a whole food plant-based diet really help? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I talked about in is 
Fosamax or the bisphosphonates, Actinel, Fosamax, there's others. And these, this is sort of the workhorse of, of medications for prevention for osteoporosis. But um, there are other medicines. There are newer medicines like Prolia uh, in anabolic medications. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head if Prolia is anabolic. I'll pull it up. Uh, but uh, there are there are newer medications, and they are I would call them kind of more laser focused to various receptors because of um, uh, let's see, I'm just pulling it up right now. Prolia. Um, so uh, one of the reasons why I didn't go over um, Forteo and Prolia and some of these other medicines is that by the time that the doctors are usually deciding whether you should have some of these more advanced medications, more expensive medications, is that you may have pretty significantly advanced uh, illness. Maybe you've had uh, osteoporosis fractures already, and uh, you saw that the biggest, the biggest risk for um, having a fracture is having a prior uh, osteoporosis fracture. So um, I'm all about avoiding medications if possible. So especially in this area of primary prevention, primary prevention is where you actually have, you haven't had a fracture yet. You haven't had a fracture yet. And in the primary prevention section, you have to really prove to the patient that you're not going to cause them any harm by taking a medication. You know, like you have to feel the onus is, is really, uh, you know, the risk benefit analysis, I haven't had any fracture at all. So you really, you shouldn't be causing me additional risks and, and problems. And that's why I like to tell people that decision matrix uh, tool that people can decide for themselves. So usually with, with Prolia, it, you're in, 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 a, in a, you've, maybe you've had problems in the past, uh, and you're looking for everything you can do to try to improve your bone mineral density. But and so in that case, the medicine is more advanced and uh, probably a good idea, but it doesn't mean that you can't do the weight-bearing exercises and the balance exercises and being on a whole food plant-based diet high in antioxidants and this kind of thing. Um, so that's really, it's really up to you and doctor, talk to your doctor about the side effects. Thank you for that. I know it's difficult when you don't have the person as a patient for you to be able to make a comment. So it's, you kind of have to generalize. And I encourage people if, if they're uh, in the areas that you cover, that it could be a good idea to have a consultation just to get that information. And Stephanie wanted to know, what age should we start getting bone density tests done or should we not even get one until we have a situation such as a fall? Well, um, the reason to get uh, bone mineral density testing a lot of times, if you haven't had a fall yet, is to, is to uh, it's like an industry. It's an industry of trying to get people to test and then treat with the bisphosphonates. Uh, and so if you are not interested in taking the treatment, if you were decided to be osteoporosis, then I would recommend avoiding the test. So I have a uh, sort of saying that, do you need the test to scare you straight? Or, if, you know, if like if um, some people want to know about getting a CT scan for that 
coronary artery calcium score about, and you know, there's some significant radiation that comes along with a, a CT scan. It's like 300 x-rays worth. And what is it going to say? Is it going to say you have some amount of, of coronary artery calcium calcification? Is that, and then you say, well, well, I better, I better eat a good vegan diet, you know? So if, if you need this image to scare you straight, so be it. We'll do it. And we'll really scare you and say, you've got hideous stuff. Um, so for the DEXA scan, um, if, if you go through that little decision uh, tree thing and you decide that, you know, even if I had osteoporosis, uh, the medicines, I'm not going to take the medicine, then I would avoid taking the, um, the, the, doing the test due to the expense or the, the pain in the butt of taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I was actually talking to my husband about that today at dinner. We were talking about different kinds of tests that you can get at the doctors and, and, and so many of the plant-based doctors that I've interviewed have said for many of these diagnostic tests, why not just make believe that you heard the worst and live your lifestyle accordingly? And because if that's, that's the best that you're going to be able to do anyway, unless you want to take a treatment or medication or a procedure. So yeah, that's, that makes good sense. Wow. We're getting so many great comments from people. They're really enjoying having you here and they really respect the work that you do. And they're excited about your collaboration with uh, Angela. Awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, it's we're getting a lot, a lot of comments about that, and I'm, I'm really excited to to have everybody be so appreciative. So everyone, please click like to show us your appreciation for what Dr. Harrington shared with us today. Dr. Harrington, tell us about what you do. Tell us some more about it, and and how we can find you on social media. Great, great, great. Yeah, social media. I do have Instagram. Uh, uh, Let's see here. I do have my Instagram. Is it the vegan um, primary care? Yep. Vegan primary care. Screen. Yep. Yep. Vegan primary care. And then I'm on uh, Facebook, vegan primary care on, <clears throat> on, uh, on X or Twitter. I'm vegan primary doc. Cause I think vegan primary care was like 15 characters or something. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, um, but my website is uh, veganprimarycare.com. Uh, wow. Look at that. Bam. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not huge on social media, but you can reach out to me. You can go right to my veganprimarycare.com and we have the number right at the top and you can send text to that number. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm pretty approachable. Um, so, that that's the easiest place to get a hold of me. Our email is email at vegan primary care. So, well, excellent. That's so great. Thank you for sharing all of that with us because we all, we, I think you made a great impression on my Green Warriors, and they probably want to be able to reach out to you. And Green Warriors, tell us what your takeaway, what you're going to remember from this presentation today. One of the things that I learned today was about that availability of the decision-making tool. I think that's a really awesome tool and it's free and available. So why not? That's really great. So thank you, Dr. Harrington. I mean, you have shared such valuable information about osteoporosis and we really appreciate your 
expertise and and your guidance and what take-home message would you have for my green warriors about osteoporosis okay yeah so some of the some of the take-home messages i would uh well first off that exercise is is key um you know the diet we we spend so much time talking about the diet but the exercise has so many other benefits and you'll be surprised you'll be surprised once you start a, an exercise program do something that that is that you like something that you enjoy that you want to do and you'll want to do more and more and more and you'll be surprised uh there's a saying something like you know one day the exercise that you'll be doing will be like the warm up that you, it will be a warm up to you compared to what it was for your entire workout before. So um, get out and get active, and you'll just be you'll be proud of yourself, and you'll be it'll just make you happy. Um, and so, so that's that. In terms of osteoporosis, the other thing is that if you get a DEXA scan, ask your doctor what's my Z score. Compare me to people who are my own age and 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 uh, you know my own age and race and, and, uh, this thing, because, uh, you, you'll get the diagnosis of osteopenia and bone thinning, and it'll sound like, you know, hellfire and damnation, you know, it'll just sound like, sounds so bad, you know? Uh, and so, but how do I compare to people my own age? Um, and, um, if you're having balance issues or if, if you're starting to get where you're starting to have falls, you haven't had a fall yet, get involved with, a. a silver sneakers program locally, uh, to help, um, cause they'll be training specific areas of the fall, the functional, uh, agility training and that kind of thing. It's important. Uh, Tai Chi has been studied, Tai Chi yoga, things like that. But, um, you might want to get specifically in with a silver sneakers type program. Uh, so, and uh, I, th those are the major, the major points. Uh, but, uh, you know, it would be nice to sometimes being with a doctor who's not very heavy handed with uh, the medications. If you're in a, in a state that uh, I'm not able to help, help you, uh, you could look for a doctor who's board certified in lifestyle medicine. Another way to find doctors is with findadoctor.org uh, on, um, or PCRMs, find a doctor. PCRM's website, find a doctor, so you can find someone who's in your area. Oh, that's really great. You gave some very good information there and resources. I really appreciate that. So I also wanted to thank Just Test Voice. She did the countdown. She did the promo. She did the introduction and so much more. She really helps us promote this broadcast and get the word out. Just Test Voice, tell us who's coming up next. Honey Levine bravely battled an eating disorder for the first half of her life, from childhood to adulthood, spiraling into a compulsive overeating and bulimia. Today, at 70 years old and 120 pounds at 5'4", Honey will share her inspiring story of resilience, self-love, and forgiveness. Tune in to discover how she overcame her past and found joy in the present proving that it's never too late to rewrite your own story of healing and self-acceptance. Wednesday, January 10th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. And to my incredible green warriors, thank you for joining us on this journey. Your commitment to a whole food plant-based lifestyle inspires us all. 
And remember that the challenges that we face when we're dining out or just trying to adopt this lifestyle, they're opportunities for growth and learning. So if you found today's episode helpful, please subscribe if you're new and don't forget to share it with your fellow Green Warriors. And together, we're building a community dedicated to plant-powered living. And as a special thank you, I'm offering you five free recipes. So just go to my website, begreenwithamy.com join, and I'll send them to you. Now, Green Warriors, go ahead and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder and your right hand and grab your left shoulder. And that's a hug from me to you. And if you would like to join me and Dr. Harrington with my sign off, he's going to say the last word in my sign off. And you guys can type it in the comments. Are you ready, Dr. Harrington? Yes. Okay. Well, until I see all of you again, remember, be strong. strong. Be well. Be well. Be green. Be green. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Harrington. Thank you, Green Warriors. Until I see you again, bye-bye. Looking bye -bye. for really tasty recipes that are SOS-free? No sugar, oil, or salt. How can it taste good? Well, if you like flavor, then you'll love this Be Green with Amy recipe ebook. Get your copy today. Click on the link in the show notes. Be strong, be well, and be green.